faithwire.com. Joe Biden gives a vague lockdown warning as the CDC announces new surveillance upgrades. Today's Thursday, December 2nd, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have this top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faithwire. Four big stories, three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. That's what we do here. You can find us over on iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe there and listen wherever you get your podcasts. We're here uh, Monday through Friday. We'd love to have you join us. Joining me today, as always, Trey Gons-Phillips. And Billy Hallowell from CBN's Faithwire. What is going on, fellas? A lot. A lot is going on <laughs> in the world. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like a never-ending stream of, of information always coming at us. It is. Um, it is. So <laughs> one of the, this is one of the craziest stories uh, that I've seen just because it's so ironic. But anyway, so I'm going to be talking about a, uh, a, a rule in Germany. So last year, Germany's highest court overturned a five-year rule banning physician-assisted suicide. So it's now constitutionally protected. But there's now a new hurdle to getting euthanized, and that's you have to be vaccinated against COVID. <laughs> so we'll talk about that nonsense. <laughs> Well, I, I'm and... just waiting for the logic on that one. I, I'm, it doesn't yeah. jump out at me. I'm going to say it. It just doesn't immediately leap off the page. Oh, I see why they're doing that. Right. Must, yeah. I, I, I cannot wait to hear. Um, <laughs> we're also going to be talking about pro-life Democrats. They have slapped the DNC with a list of demands and they are not backing down. There's a lot to, to unpack there. All right. We'll be looking forward to that. And we are going to start here, guys, with story number one. Um, Joe Biden kind of making a vague uh, threat about coming lockdowns while holding off on doing it. So here are three things you need to know, starting with number one, the details. Well, uh, Omicron, which President Biden called Omicron the first few times uh, out when we heard about it, um, has the media sounding the alarm and, and telling people that there's this new threat out there. And we've had the first case here in the United States. Uh, and Fauci talked about that this week, that it's here on our shores. And so should we be afraid of Omicron? And so the, the press is asking President Biden, what is he going to do about it? He did say I don't that he didn't foresee that right away we would have to do uh, any lockdowns per se. But of course, he imposed the travel restrictions to uh, many countries. And this is the interesting part, guys, to me. Uh, the CDC director, Robin Walensky, came out and talked about how the CDC is trying to better prepare for things like Omicron and trying to stop the spread of it. And listen to what she said here, talking about their surveillance upgrades at the CDC. Listen. Currently, CDC is expanding a surveillance program with Express Check to JFK, San Francisco, Newark, and Atlanta airports, four of the busiest international airports in the country. This program allows for increased COVID testing for specific international arrivals, increasing our capacity to identify those with COVID-19 on arrival to the United States, and enhancing our surveillance for the Omicron variant. So there you have it, enhancing their surveillance. So not exactly the words that it's a like lot a of people... special. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what in the world? I mean, the CDC increasing their surveillance... Um, I don't know if she purposely used those words just to trigger people that maybe kind of like their constitutional rights to privacy uh, and things of that nature. It, it sure seems like, guys, that all of that that Omicron is just another stepping stone for the government to add more powers and layers to its 
um, grip on information and people. And so um, the interesting thing about this is one of the doctor who, and I believe it's the same doctor, um, I'm not 100% sure that we played the, the sound from earlier this week about Omicron, talking about how the symptoms were mild. Uh, Dr. Angelique Koitzi uh, wrote in the Daily Mail that her, she was just shocked at the reaction that has come around the world in the media after she brought up this Omicron. And so I want you to listen to what she wrote in the Daily Mail. She said, nothing has prepared me for the extra global reaction that met my announcement this week that I'd seen a young man in my surgery who had a case of COVID that turned out to be the Omicron variant. This version of the virus had been circulating in Southern Africa for some time, having been previously identified in Botswana. But given my public-facing role, just by announcing its present presence in my own patient, I unwittingly brought it to global attention. Quite simply, I have been stunned at the response, and especially from Britain. And let me be clear, nothing I have seen about this new variant warrants the extreme action the UK government has taken in response to it. And so, you know, she went on to just talk about where it's at and that things could change. But she's just saying that as of now, um, there's just nothing that justifies it. Even President Biden and Fauci talking about this first case in America is just somebody with mild symptoms. And they didn't even they didn't even realize that they here's actually the case saying the first Omicron case here. The young man they mentioned earlier didn't occur to him that he had covid. He thought he had too much sun after working outside. He tested positive, so did his wife and four-month-old baby. So the symptoms are mild, and that's where we're at at this point. But then you have these big government actions going. You're hearing things about increased surveillance by the CDC. It certainly should be raising some red flags, and it is uh, among a lot of people. So number three, why does it matter? Well, look, I mean, unless you want to live in 1984, uh, Orwell's 1984, I mean, you know, it just seems like maybe we should while doing things and reasonable things to protect our country from a you know an out, another big massive outbreak um let's keep our constitutional protections in mind as well because we're all going to have to live under whatever this evolves into when it's all said and done if it's all said and done it just feels like it's never going to end yeah, no, it's going to be 2029, and we're still going to be talking about this on the podcast. <laughs> uh, and you know, there was that Michael, there was that Michael Bay movie, right, about COVID, where it was like a few years ahead, and they were at like COVID 55 or whatever. Right. And, it just, and I was like, that's so ridiculous. Yeah. And now here we are. But- We've got, we're going to have the Cash Me Outside girl variant. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's so, it, it is so insane. But here's the thing. This is a very real thing. Hundreds of thousands of people have died. You know, there, there's sort of two extremes you can take on this. And, and we've seen these extremes. We know that they're not good, that they're not healthy. This is a very real thing with a lot of hurting people. And we mm-hmm. want to make sure, as you were saying, we protect people from it. Um, but at the same time, I think we also have to be very aware that things like this can often be used or potentially be used by leaders who want to implement different policies. Yeah, and I'm not saying that that's happening definitively. I, I think a lot of people are acting on what they think are the, the right things to do, but we can't overreact. And the fact yeah. that the doctor who has discovered this is coming forward and saying what in the world is going on <laughs> should be an indicator that, yes, things could change, but right now the world should not be in this massive panic that the world is in. Yeah, I just think that if we weren't all acting so ridiculously, like the extremes on both sides here, we could all be living pretty normal lives at this point. <laughs> uh, it just like the the reactions just seem to be so 
over the top in every single possible way. Like that doctor said, the one who discovered it, like, why are you literally sounding every single alarm bell over, over this? It's like you heard the word variant and you went crazy. Like before there was even any sort of uh, like, you know, stop to, to listen to what I'm, what I'm saying. So it just seems also ridiculous. And I'm constantly struck by the fact that people, at least in conversations that I've had and in interactions I've seen on social media, which social media is always a dumpster fire, but still (laughs) um, like looking and seeing people like confused at why we're in the place that we're in. Like, well, I don't know why the economy is like the way it is. And I don't know why people's interactions with one another are the way that they are. It's like, did did you not think that any of this lockdown off and on stuff and these mandates off and on and, and all of this, you know, drumming up fear and everything, did you not think that it was going to have ramifications? Like it doesn't happen in a vacuum. Uh, So we're, we very much created this culture that we now have to live with. um, And, you know, I don't know how much more of of this kind of stuff we can take, but I am, kind of uh, thinking that we're in for forever COVID at this point. I mean, it, and you just, the, because a lot of the responses were supposedly following the science, and I just scratched my head. For example, uh, somehow I got roped into coaching my kids' youth basketball rec team somehow. Um, that's, <laughs> that's another story for another day. But um, I, they, they send out the email, because they were short coaches, so... Then they sent out the email once we're all in that, oh, by the way, um, everyone will have to wear masks on the sideline. But when the kids are in the game, they don't have to wear the mask. And so I'm thinking about this and I can already picture everyone's going to do it. They're all going to follow this rule. But I'm thinking about how little sense it makes. Anyone who knows basketball, there's a defender guarding a person with the ball. They're most of the time face to face, breathing heavily because they're running around right on each other. That's when they're going to have the mask off, but then they have to put it on when they go to the bench where you can seat the chairs a couple feet away from each other if you wanted to uh, so that they're separated. That's when they're going to have the mask on. What sense does that make? I, I don't understand. Does COVID go away when they're out there playing <laughs> basketball? What What is that? And But everyone's going to do it. Like We're all just going to be like, all right, that's what the rule is. Let's do it. Right. So I don't well, we've know. All, we've also had people in the Biden administration come out and say cloth masks don't work. I mean, this has literally been <laughs> they again. I don't know what sort of circus show is going on when people cannot get into a room. And this happens all the time in communications. It's not just limited to this and say, what are our talking points at the least have the same talking points? So you yeah. don't have people going out. But to your point, I mean, let's say the cloth masks you know, worked a hundred percent. And I don't, I don't know either way at this point. I um, mean, frankly, it's exhausting trying to figure it out, but let's <laughs> yeah. say, let's say they worked you, when you're playing basketball, that's when you would be more likely to spread it. You're on top of each other. You're sweating, you're right. coughing. You're so, so these rules are just almost insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean people- I think it's, it's clear that none of it makes sense. No. I mean, just what was it? Just the other day, I think it was uh, that clip circulating on social media when Biden was out somewhere and he was at a distance and walking you know, around and had his ma- had his mask on. I think he was just with the the first lady, Jill Biden, uh, and then he gets close to reporters and he takes his mask off and he's standing like face to face with them and answering questions. And people are like, "You waited until you were around people to take your mask off." I get it. That makes sense. Right. And so it's stuff like that that just makes you. It makes me wonder how how are you going to get people to take it seriously if that's the way you're handing handling it? it just it doesn't feel very sciency but i mean we could probably rant on that guys for um yeah. 
many many episodes alone so i'll le we'll leave it there uh with omicron and we'll uh, go ahead and move on to story <laughs> number two before before i start getting angry yes well enough of that marvel character for today we can move on <laughs> yes. to something else omicron <laughs> it's more like a transformer character i have to correct <laughs> yeah you. that's true that's yeah, good that's you're good right point. you're right <laughs> So, all right, story number two uh, is if that one wasn't dizzying enough, here's another one that doesn't make any sense. Uh, so last year, like I said at the start, Germany's highest court overturned a law that was five years old, passed in 2015, uh, that banned physician-assisted suicide. Uh, the court ruled that it should have uh, constitutional protection, that people should be able uh, to commit euthanasia, to, uh, to participate in physician-assisted suicide. But now uh, there's a new hurdle. Uh, to uh, assisted suicide, and that is a COVID vaccination. Uh, so we'll start number one with the, the details. So one leading euthanasia group in Germany has issued a new directive announcing it will only help end the lives of those who have either been vaccinated against COVID or have fully recovered from the virus. Uh, so the group declared in a statement, euthanasia and the preparatory examination of the voluntary responsibility of our members willing to die, uh, which is an odd, I mean, just like, stop for that statement <laughs> members willing to die like okay um anyway uh, it requires human closeness they said so human closeness however is a prerequisite and a breeding ground for coronavirus transmission as of today the rule applies in our association supplemented by situation related measures such as quick tests before encounters in closed rooms uh, the group concluded that potential clients must be inoculated against the virus based on the quote difficult task of balancing the protection of our members employees and doctors with the practical organization of our everyday life in the association, uh, according to a report from the Daily Mail. Uh, so the, as for the court's deci decision to grant constitutional protection to euthanasia, the court stated in February of last year uh, that, quote, the right to a self-determined uh, death should be accessible to everyone. Uh, it, the legal protections, they said, for euthanasia shouldn't just be limited to those who are suffering from serious or incurable illnesses, uh, but should be available widely. Uh, one German politician introduced legislation to regulate physician-assisted suicide in January, uh, and her bill states that a person seeking to end his or her life must choose to do so out of autonomously formed free will uh, and must be able to weigh the pros and cons on a sufficient basis of assessment in a realistic manner. She said that no one should be forced to do it but everyone should have a right to do it uh so number two i want to move into a few of the criticisms uh of this uh vaccine requirement for euthanasia because uh, it seems to be quite ironic right uh, so lila rose the founder and president of the pro-life group live action she condemned the announcement she said this is next level dystopian uh, another woman, a doctor with, uh, you know, specializes in health and diet research. She said, we've reached peak irony. Uh, Tom Norton, a Republican running for Congress in Michigan, uh, he wrote, folks, you can't make this up. Uh, the German Euthanasia Association has announced it will not assist unvaccinated patients with ending their lives over staff safety concerns. And then a pastor in Toronto, he quote, he wrote, uh, only a European progressive bureaucrat could think up such an absurd and ironic mandate. If you want to kill yourself, a constitutional right in Germany, you need to be vaccinated. Uh, so it's just a crazy story. I think that why it matters is that we, we've completely lost any ability to reason and to understand the issues and have discussions about these things. Like we live in this, this Twitter age where it's like everything has to be condensed into this just like 
tweet length thing uh, and everything is a hot take and there's no conversation about stuff that, so we're not realizing how absurd this is and then obviously as, as christians uh, we know that we have a pro-life ethic from 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 conception to natural death um so so all of it is just is just otherworldly and i think lila rose is is completely right in her her characterization that it's just completely dystopian like how is it doesn't make any sense at all what do y'all what do y'all think yeah it's sort of like the whole we want safe abortions right like yeah like no you're still killing someone in the in that process there's nothing safe about it um you know so it's a very bizarre it's like you're you're very much focused on the safety over here while ignoring the butchering and the, the tragedy on the one side it's like i don't know how you can ha- see one but not the other well it's it's apparently you know this whole thing of right you know i've got to be protected if i'm going to be the one g- administering your death pills or you know your injection well then i, I need to be safe from you because you could have covid but again even if you're vaccinated it is possible according to research that we've seen to still spread the virus so that's what makes it even more ironic to me that this is even a thing but yeah listen we're living in such a strange upside down and for years i mean we we all know this because we've worked in this space we would have conversations about look when you start to remove faith from culture and society you start to get chaos and and now we're actually seeing the fruits Mm. of that chaos play out in all these strange ways and people they're like gumby they just twist themselves into all these crazy you know contortions to try to make this stuff make sense it makes no sense it's just insanity yeah i mean you're seeing it too on, on so many fronts uh in particular now with with the abortion issue saying uh men you know you see a lot of people saying men can't have a say on what's going on with women's reproductive rights but you know, two minutes earlier, we were being told that <laughs> men can be women. So, well, and and men can have babies now, and that's right. You know, th- this is it's j- again, again, it's the vortex of chaos, and we're going to see more of it because we we just we get to decide our own morality. It's whatever we want, whatever we feel. Well, and I, th- yeah, I think so much of it too is is about relativism. I, mm-hmm. We've talked about yeah. this before, but I think it's when when relativism is the standard. So then I, I think I mentioned this yesterday. It's like, well, whatever my feeling is, is then then that's the right. Like that that that's the thing that I should do because if I'm feeling it, it must be good. So that's obviously as our feelings and thoughts change like the wind. Like it's subject to to being anything. Uh, and then so I think a lot of times we act now in a relativistic society because there's no objective that's that exists as, as an absolute so mm. we have this whatever we're feeling and it's kind of like we we make up the, the justification afterward yeah yeah and i just want to say before we go into your story here billy um what did you say vortex of chaos i feel like yeah. that's a that's either <laughs> yeah. a good band name it's a total, or a new, a new book maybe. a new book know. or a new podcast the vortex of chaos i'm i'm in i'm all in on that but <laughs> anyway well speaking of chaos that leads <laughs> us into our, our next story and Unlike the upliftable story we told on, uh, you know, Fauci Claus, this is actually much more serious. The Democrats um, are really facing this internal battle over abortion that we have seen for a long time. This has been coming um, where you have this the smaller faction of Democrats who are pro-life. They, and, and what's so crazy about this is when you look at polling on this, Gallup tells us that about 26% of Democrats, one in four Democrats, call themselves pro-life. They, they would take that label. That's a substantial number of people. And if you walk around saying that you're a big tent, the idea is then that that big tent, that large umbrella, could cover those people 
as well. But what we're seeing happen, according to some pro-life Democrats, is that they're sort of being cut out of the Democratic National Committee. And on Tuesday, the day before the Supreme Court, you know, had the arguments for the Dobbs case, we actually saw these pro-life Democrats uh, with the Democrats for Life of America. That's the name of the organization. They showed up outside the DNC and they basically made a demand, a list of demands, in fact, in fact, saying, look, we want a meeting with DNC chair Jamie Harrison. We would like to sit down, I guess, for the past 20 years, this particular organization, again, pro-life Democrats, they have been able to sit down with the DNC, talk with the DNC, and try to urge the organization to include pro-lifers, right? Again, we're a Big Ten. Everybody should be able to be there. Now, Kristen Day, who's the executive director of Democrats for Life of America, she at this particular press conference on Tuesday basically kind of went after the DNC. She said, look, this is, I'm going to just read her quote. She said, diversity and inclusion are the foundation of our party. The chairman has not been true to those values with respect to pro-life voters and elected officials. And they're not backing down. I mean, this is really interesting. I mean, they basically tried to get into the building to deliver a letter to the DNC chair, and to say, meet with us. They had been trying to meet with him since March. So since March, they've barely gotten anywhere. And where it gets kind of interesting, though, and this is why it matters, I guess if you're a Democrat, it matters, let's start there, in the fact that we saw what happened in Virginia, right? We know that the gubernatorial race was essentially lost in part because of issues like abortion. You know, Glenn Youngkin was able to beat Terry McAuliffe because of that. And so what we see with Kristen Day and her organization is that they are saying, look, we know that there are local places all over this country. There are districts and areas where people are very sensitive to abortion and where we need to be able to be involved to actually help guide the party to win those areas. But, but why it also matters nationally is that we have seen Democrats repeatedly from Hillary Clinton down the line say that abortion being pro-choice is a must-have. You have to be pro-choice to be a good Democrat. That has increased, and these pro-life Democrats are seeing that increase. They're concerned about it. They're not feeling as though they are part of the party. And it really is having electoral you know, an electoral fallout, as we saw in Virginia. So I don't know what you guys think, but I, I find it fascinating that these people are not letting the part, they're, they're just like, we're going to show up on your doorstep and, yeah. and have a massive event. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, th- I mean, I, I just think you, you kind of, you kind of alluded to it, but the big tent party, the party of diversity inclusion, all of those things just feel like empty sloganeering when you actually mm-hmm. see that it's, it seems to be more about conformity than it does freedom to think and we're going to welcome all these different views it, it, it certainly feels like you get bullied out of the democratic party if you don't fall in line yeah and i remember going into the 2020 presidential election last year i spoke with jacob lupfer who was um uh, a spokesperson for um uh, the pro-life democratic pack uh, and he essentially was telling me that it, it's as if the Democratic Party has tried to erase uh, the fact that there are there are pro-life Democrats. There are Christian Democrats or pro-life uh, who are looking for a political home. And he said in the Democratic Party, by ignoring us and acting as if we don't exist, uh, have have hurt themselves uh, by forcing us either to not vote, to vote independent, or in some cases to vote for the Republican. He said it's just a self-inflicted wound uh, because they're too arrogant and too unwilling um, to acknowledge that 
they might be wrong on that issue. Uh, the, you know, the, they're, they're so beholden and so committed to abortion uh, that they're willing to throw away those votes, essentially, mm-hmm. is the argument that he made. And it's just a, it's an unfortunate place to be in. But, you know, again, all these people, they don't, they, they don't say that this is a religious thing, but it seems like they are quite like yeah. committed yeah. to abortion at all costs. Oh, yeah. I mean, we got to talk about guys. Um, and I think we're going to chat about this later today uh, for YouTube. But the abortion pill video. I mean, Billy mm-hmm. and I were talking yeah. about this. Trey, I don't know if you saw that clip, but those three no. women, very young, probably 20 years old-ish, and taking abortion pills to a cheering crowd uh, out in front of the Supreme Court. I mean, it just it does not seem like there's any reverence towards the issue whatsoever about what's actually going on. It's just completely unhinged at this point. Yeah, and, and look, there's a lot of money in this. And when you look at politics, and I'm going to say something, I don't want people to get mad, but I'm going to say it. You know, you have the NRA on the right and you have Planned Parenthood on the left. And these are just two organizations. There are a lot of other organizations. You will often see people rally around these organizations and their causes. Now, for better or for worse, people have all different kinds of views on on both organizations. But when it comes to abortion, I mean, the, the literal taking of human life, right? Yeah. Um, it's I, I think there's a big difference between those groups. But my point is there there's money in this. And so you you actually saw a little bit of this conversation with the pro-life Democrats saying, you know, look, we, we know that it's very hard, you know, because they're beholden and they have these ties for them to walk away from this issue. And and again, going back to Hillary, Hillary said this is sacrosanct. Abortion has to be something that we embrace as a party. And I think, yes, it's ideology. That's driving it 100%. But there are those lower sort of priorities, too, that are still big ones for them, which is money, fundraising. You know, these both of those organizations have political arms, right? They're, they're raising money for these candidates and endorsing and rallying people. Yeah. I got, I got to say another thing, too, guys. Um, this is so interesting, but... Uh, and I kind of get it on YouTube, but as as content producers and, you know, we we go through the news and we create stories and then we see how social media, the gatekeepers react to them. It is very clear that pro-life stories are suppressed on social media. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. So number one, that is just a reason to make sure you're getting things like the CBN News app. We're going directly to CBNNews.com, FaithWire.com. And consume the content directly. Don't let the gatekeepers dictate what you see in your feed. Can't say that enough times. Um, but you know, I'm looking at like Melissa's Od- Odin story that we did and, and our interview yeah. with Abby Johnson. And so so for on the one hand, I can understand it on YouTube a little bit because they do that to all kinds of topics that might be perceived as, you know, upsetting or disturbing. And obviously the topic of abortion is. And so some advertisers naturally may not want their product on like just any discussion of that topic, whether it's for or against. So, uh, so I kind of get that, but when you see things like Abby Johnson's interview, just you know, the reach gets suppressed and things like that, it's, uh, it, it just, it just, to me, it kind of points out more than ever that we need to be, you know, intentional about what we're consuming. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, um, you know, being aware that there's a lot of things we're not seeing that we need to be seeing. Yeah. And, and like you said, going onto the CBN app, making sure that I, I'm actually going to pages now. There are certain yeah. pages that I'm not seeing in my feed. So I go to that go page right to them. Yeah. directly. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, that's about all the time we have for today. Any stories you guys want to throw in for last 30 seconds here? Or uh, we can just we can just leave it at that. We can come back tomorrow. Well, we've too. got we've got the Josh Broom, um, you know, story that we're going to have. He's an ex porn star talking about mm. some shocking stats and uh, warnings for us. All so right, that's a good one to mm. check out. We'll be looking forward to that. 
And uh, as always, just head on over to CBNNews.com, FaithWire.com. Go directly there. Don't let the gatekeepers decide for you. So enjoy the rest of your day. We will be back here tomorrow. God bless. See you then.